Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. All right, crew, check it. Dog events are happening. For exhibitors who are able and willing to attend these events, it feels as if our tribe has been reunited once again. Meanwhile, for folks who are continuing to feel safest staying at home and away from crowds, and for folks who are driving long haul between far-flung events, I gotcha. I've been working hard to bring you all podcast episodes that help you feel connected to our larger community and offer opportunities for education and entertainment, no matter how you have managed through this truly overwhelming year. One of my favorite events this year is the monthly virtual Pure Dog Talk After Dark for patrons of our podcast. Anybody can join this fabulous community of dog enthusiasts by visiting the website and clicking on the Become a Patron link on the homepage. And while you're there zooming around on the site, you might think about checking out our shopping tab too. We've linked dog show vendors from all around the country so you can help support them during this really grueling loss of income suffered due to a lack of events. There's even a swag link that lets you order your Pure Dog Talk t-shirt, sweatshirt, fan case, mask, <laughs> ringside towel, and so much more. Like the NPR of dogdom, Pure Dog Talk is here for you every day to make sense out of everyday things to add nuance to your understanding and tools to your tech box, to bring history to life and propel the living history of purebred dogs into the future. So check out the links at www.puredogtalk.com. Your support adds up to a huge voice for purebred dogs. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I'm really excited. We're going to continue a conversation that we started this month talking about the American Kennel Club's new policy allowing junior showmanship exhibitors to participate with canine partners, potentially mixed breed dogs. And this is a very passionate conversation in our sport right now. And my guest today is Sarah Gardner, and she shows dogs in the American Kennel Club. She also is the leader of a 4-H group. And I think that, as I mentioned earlier, it's very important to have this conversation on multiple levels. And so I'm very excited to talk to Sarah and kind of get her perspective on this. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. You are in New Hampshire, yes? Correct. Yes. Okay. And so give us a little bit of 411, your background, and talk to us about 4-H on the East Coast. I'm very familiar with it on the West Coast, but it is my understanding it's not as common 
an availability, I guess, on the East Coast. Is that correct? I think you need to know where to go, just like anything. So kind of my background is when I was six years old, my family started in 4-H with dairy goats. We bred, we showed, we raised them. When I was 12, we were forced to sell our animals. And my mother said, hey, why don't we show dogs in 4-H? And I was definitely hesitant on that because I didn't know a lot of the dog kids, as we called them. And they were their own group. They didn't stay overnight at the fairs. They kind of came and left, and they were kind of the unknown. So my first dog was an Afghan hound. She was a pet, but she was fabulous. She taught me so much. In 4-H in New England, we do three different kind of subjects. We do showmanship, which is essentially junior handling, plus a few other things. We have to do obedience, and there's an educational aspect to it as well. There's a written test that we have to take at the fairs. So after my first Afghan in the newspaper, back when there was newspapers, there was a listing for a free Afghan. And my father's like, hey, why don't we get another one? And I'm like, okay, well, my second dog was a retired show dog. He hated the show ring, but he was absolutely gorgeous. So I had two different styles of Afghans. I had one that had the brains, my pet dog, and then the other one was the beauty. So in 4-H, I showed until I was 18. When I was about probably 15, one of our 4-H judges showed and raised Sky Terriers. So she had a litter of puppies. My mom fell in love with them. And lo and behold, Alex joined our family. And she really heavily pushed as far as showing him in AKC in the confirmation ring. And she's like, hey, there's showmanship. You can do juniors. Well, that's where I was like, whoa, this is a way out of my comfort zone because of the outside appearance of that if you're not kind of born and raised into the breed ring, you're not always welcome. So I was scared to death going into the juniors ring, but I did do it. One of my fellow 4-H'ers showed a Basenji. Also a challenging dog. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So she was kind of my security that she was there. At least I had somebody to talk to. And Alex and I showed in juniors until I aged out. There was a lot of people who were not welcoming in the juniors ring. A lot of the juniors themselves, it wasn't open arms. It wasn't, hey, nice job. Hey, what's your dog's name? And that's something I was used to in 4-H. We encouraged each other. We congratulated each other. I didn't always get that with juniors. And that was tough. However, in the breed side of it, the Sky Terrier people, I cannot say enough excellent things about them. 99% of the dogs are owner handled or bred buys. They were so welcoming to me. And I listened to your podcast a while ago about Sky Terriers and you had Elaine Hersey as one of your guests and her and her husband were fabulous. They open armed, open, just welcoming. And actually Elaine's husband, Steve, is one of our 4-H obedience judges. He's our AKC rally judge. So they give back and help the 4-H kids by doing clinics and judging. So the Sky Terry people were definitely very welcoming. As an adult, I started, I showed Norwich Terriers, bred a couple litters. Norwich Terrier people, I found not 100% like the Sky Terrier people to the point where I decided I wasn't having fun. I wasn't open, welcoming, really ringside. I got a lot of looking down the nose. And don't get me wrong, I think AKC and confirmation, I think very highly 
I love it. And one of these days I will get a purebred dog that I can show right now. The two pointers that own us are the Kids 4-H Project, my Kids 4-H Project. So I don't have anything to show, but I definitely will go back. But I think welcoming is a huge thing that is definitely not always out there. Right. And so you are a 4-H leader now. You lead the 4-H group there in New Hampshire. Yep. I've been a 4-H leader for 26 years. Nice. Nice. And as most of my listeners know, I started in 4-H. I was the kid in 4-H with my Heinz 57 Beagle Dachshund Cocker Spaniel Lhasa Apso Poodle. (laughs) and finally convinced my parents to get me a purebred dog when my father didn't want to haul hay and build fence for the horses anymore. So, so far we're totally parallel. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think the conversation that's happening right now within our dog show universe about the canine partners in 4-H is a topic that's very passionate. People have very strong opinions about it. And so as a 4-H leader, as someone who grew up, participated in the sport, participated in 4-H and in AKC, talk to us about your feelings on this based on your interaction with your kids. So I am 100% for the, in 4-H, we call them all Americans. Yes. So I am 100% for these 4-H kids showing their mixed breeds or their all Americans Through the years, even though I haven't had anything to show, I still do go to many of the AKC shows. There's a great juniors program, the Thanksgiving Cluster, that is available to the 4-H kids where they do showmanship. The professional handlers put on a clinic for the kids, and they have a lot of great activities. And that's something we can definitely talk about. But I have noticed that the numbers of juniors have gone down. And I look at the open senior class and I go, whoa, (laughs) we had twice as many when I was showing. Mm -hmm. And that's something that definitely bothers me that these numbers are going down, that there's not the participation. And I think AKC needs to do whatever they can do to get the numbers back up. And I know a lot of people have said, you know what, we don't want the mixed breeds. These kids, they don't belong here. The dogs don't belong here. But that being said, I think this is a great opportunity for breeders and handlers to mentor these kids. Mm -hmm. So if you have a junior in the showroom with their All-American, and I've talked to a few people about this, I think it's the responsibility of the breeders and handlers of these purebred dogs to approach these juniors as they come out of the ring. Say, you know what? Great job. Congratulations. Hey, I have a tip for you. I noticed your dog was wiggly. I've done this. And hey, by the way, I have Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Why don't you come over and meet my dogs? Where do you live? Who's near you? I think that opens up the conversation for these kids. And these kids with dogs, they might not have the money to go buy a purebred dog. And something in our family, we, my family has been very, very lucky that I still have connections in the purebred world that when my son started showing, we had a lab-ish. He showed him for a couple of years, but he was 11 years old and my son was nine showing. Mm -hmm. We retired him. I reached out to a good friend who raises and shows Siberian Huskies plus handles some other breeds. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a dog for my son. That's when our first pointer came along. She knew somebody who was placing a bitch who was retired from the show ring, 
she even drove down to West Virginia to get this bitch for us. <laughs> so we were very lucky that I had the connections of somebody in the AKC world. My daughter, when she first started showing, I reached out to the same exact person. I said, listen, I'm looking for a dog. I don't want a spitz breed. <laughs> and I kind of had my guidelines. We live on a farm as well. So I had to think of that. But my daughter is, I kind of classify her as a terrier. She is very spirited and she can handle a lot more personality of a dog. And my friend found her an under 13 inch beagle. Mm -hmm. I always swore growing up, I would never have a beagle, but he changed my mind. He ended up being diagnosed with lymphoma. And I reached out again saying, hey, listen, I need a 4-H dog for her. And I was super lucky, blessed to meet officially Toonie Conti, who is a handler up here in New England. And she had a pointer who was going to be retired from the show ring. He was a best in show dog. And my daughter was lucky enough that he was placed with her. 4-H kids, they don't always have the money to go out and buy a purebred dog. And I think having mentors in the purebred world that can approach these 4-H kids to say, hey, listen, if you're looking for a dog, hey, do you want to take this puppy in the show ring for me? Right, right. I think opening up that conversation and becoming mentors to these kids, they don't have these mixed breeds to kick off the purebred world. This is what they came up with. This right. is what their family had available. Right. So talk to me a little bit We've all made the notice, not only Junior's numbers are falling, but dog show entry numbers across the board are a challenge, you know, purebred dog ownership, all that. How has 4-H been doing in turn at the same time? I would like to draw a distinct comparison between the two. So I will say in my 4-H club, I'm in central New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, we have about five 4-H dog clubs, one at the very tip of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. We're in central New Hampshire. And there's a few at the Southern Mass border. In my club, I have 30 enrolled members. My numbers are climbing. Mm -hmm. They're not declining. Okay. And 4-H is different aspects. The kids, they need to do obedience. I think 4-H members compared to the juniors, I think a lot of them are more well-rounded because of what the 4-H program is. They have to do showmanship. Right. They have to do obedience. And then there's a knowledge aspect of the it. The dog judging. Right. So... That is actually my big focus. And I have actually created a dogmanship program for the American Kennel Club and said, come on, guys, let's do this. But I love the involvement that they're starting with 4-H as a, hopefully, hopefully, down the road, a direction of including more animal husbandry. I agree. Instead of just the run around the ring part. Correct. I agree. I agree. I mean, in New England, we have a regional show at the Eastern States Fairgrounds, mm -hmm. the Big E. And during that weekend, the kids do showmanship. They do obedience. In the past, we've had the farm dog certification. Mm -hmm. We have CGC. And they take a knowledge test as well as quiz bowl. There's also right. agility that they do. So these kids are very, very well-rounded. They also are required to, in their kennel area, because the dogs stay overnight, they have an educational aspect of it. So they do a backdrop for the kennel area. They're judged on how well their six by 12 kennel area is kept. Is it neat? Is it clean? Are the dogs safe? Are their collars off when they're in their cages? They have a first aid kit and that first aid kit, I think it's about 30 items in that first aid kit. And on Friday night, when they arrive, 
each 4-H participant member goes through that first aid kit with me to make sure that it's in there, it's mm -hmm. not expired, and then I'll ask them, hey, what's your hydrogen peroxide used for? Right. What do you use this for? Right. What about this? What would you use to make a splint for your dog? Do you have splint material? Oh, wait a minute. You have a golden retriever and you have tongue depressors in there? Mm -mm, that doesn't work because you need something bigger for your dog. There's so much education that goes into it. And I think it's that to me personally, and something that I've long commented that the AKC Junior Showmanship Program in and of itself could use more of. I agree. That animal husbandry piece. Absolutely. Because if they go back to their kennel area and they have a dog that's vomiting or diarrhea or limping, do they know what to do? Do they have a first aid kit there to treat their dog if it gets a mild laceration or an abrasion or anything like that? Right. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. Happy 2021 from Embark. Join us for the first ever Embark Canine Health Summit, a free digital conference for breeders this February 15 to 16, 2021. Top canine experts will feature topics and discussions relevant to breeders of all experience levels. The event will run during Westminster's Fan Appreciation Week in February as part of Embark and the Westminster Kennel Club's commitment to canine genetic health. To register for this free event, go to EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders backslash Embark dash canine dash health dash summit. That's a mouthful, but you can do it. EmbarkVet.com breeders Embark canine health summit. Haven't tested with Embark yet? Get your first Embark for breeders dog DNA test for $99 right now when you use the code TRYEMBARK99 at EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders. That's TRYEMBARK99 at EmbarkVet.com backslash breeders. And so as we move forward with this program, AKC, the board's approved it. It's happening. People like it or don't like it, whichever side of this giant yawning chasm people fall on. I think the important piece, and I mentioned it to you earlier, it's the same conversation I had with my other friends that we talked to about this, is the ability to, as the adults in the room, <laughs> model good behavior, good discussion. It's okay to have differing opinions. It is not okay to be unpleasant about it. And so Absolutely. let's talk a little bit about ways that we as the adults in the room and for our juniors that listen, you know, who are involved, how can we model that good behavior? I think sportsmanship is huge. I think sportsmanship is probably the number one thing. Mm -hmm. If you as a junior are standing outside of the ring and you see somebody that you don't recognize, a lot of these juniors, they're competing every weekend. So you know who's ringside. But if you see somebody who you don't recognize, whether it's a purebred dog or an all-American, go up and say, hi, how are you? Good luck. Make it heartfelt, not just good luck or in passing. Ask the dog's name. Hey, what kind of dog is that? And don't scoff them when they say, oh, it's a Labrador Shih Tzu Poodle 
cocker spaniel. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think sportsmanship is huge. And I think kids take their cues from adults, mm-hmm. be it parents, handlers, breeders, and even judges. I mean, I did speak to my 4-Hers the other night when I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I have a couple kids that have All-Americans. And I said, hey, would you go to an AKC show and show it? And I had one that's like, absolutely. She doesn't have a fear in the world anyways. And she doesn't give two hoots what you think about her or her little Puerto Rican Sato. And she's like, absolutely. Where I had another one going, oh, I hear they're really mean. And that's something that really saddens me. Yeah. That there's that persona that the purebred world is not always welcoming. And that's something I dealt with. And it's too bad. It really, especially with a dying sport. Mm -hmm. Well, I have long advocated for the concept that we in this sport need to take a hard look at ourselves Mm -hmm. and examine our attitudes as we bemoan and cry over the fate of our dying sport. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's another one for you as a 4-H judge. And I mean, I can speak to this. I judge junior showmanship. It's my favorite thing to judge all day. So that's cool. (laughs) When the All-American, when the canine partner's dog comes in the ring, they are to write on the form when they enter what breed they believe most closely represents so that you can judge breed-specific presentation. Mm -hmm. I mean, breed-specific presentation is part of junior showmanship. Correct. What advice, what encouragement, what ideas would you offer to junior showmanship judges who are unaccustomed to 4-H, where we're used to looking at this, about how best to adjudicate those exhibitors? I think in junior show, you are there to show your dog off to the best of its ability. And I don't think it matters whether you have a purebred dog or an all-American. I think if you see that that 4-H'er is able to stack that dog appropriately. So if it's a dog that is, say, a lab type-ish, whatever, that that dog is square. That dog is appropriate. The same as if it would be if it was a Great Dane. It is square. The head is up. The ears are up. That handler is watching the judge. So they know what's going on. They're watching the other handlers in the ring. They're not running up the dogs in front of them's hind end. They're not blocking the person behind them because they're stacked three feet in front of everybody else. It doesn't matter what's on the end of the leash. I don't think it matters if it's an all-American or if it's a purebred. I think it's the handling ability of that youth. In 4-H, which I know in juniors they don't do, we're allowed to switch dogs. Mm -hmm. As long as the dog is not going to be stressed out or have any behavioral issues, I'll switch the dogs with my kids. I think Mm -hmm. that makes them become better handlers. That's one thing I wish AKC still did. That and ask. Asking questions. (laughs) It doesn't have to be breed specific. Basic information. You and I have to be the same age. I mean, we... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What breed is your dog? You can't even ask. Right. I think that one of the things as a junior showmanship judge, when I read the rules about junior showmanship, I am to disregard the quality of the animal on the end of the leash. I wish all judges did that. It's written in the rules. Correct. I agree. (laughs) It's not part of the judging process. Correct. It can be neutered. It can be ugly. Mm -hmm. It can be the most heinous pet that you ever met. 
so long as that child is following directions. Absolutely. Is listening, is paying attention, is doing what needs to be done to present that specific dog in its best light. Absolutely. And I have had people, the devil's advocate position, that how do you know what the standard is for this specific all-American dog? How do you know whether its ears are supposed to be up? That this is the argument, the devil's advocate position, that that makes it difficult to judge. And there's also a lot of conversation in the AKC Junior Showmanship Ring about it being so difficult to have even a really good quality dog and be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a conversation that's for judges personally, because that's not what you're supposed to be judging. (laughs) Correct. Absolutely. I will say when I was a junior, I showed a Sky Terrier in juniors and the Afghan hound that hated the show ring. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I want a challenge. And he was a challenge and he was neutered. I wasn't even looked at. I went best junior the day before. I was essentially dismissed the next day because the judge went over him, went back right between his back legs, realized he was neutered. And I didn't even get a look as a go around, like after he went over. And that's something that I think I'm not sure how AKC can do it, whether they have somebody. I know it's one judge's opinion, and that's what these kids are getting. But I think if the judges, they don't even want to see the All-Americans, they're going to dismiss them before they even do their first stack, before they're even lined up. And that's really too bad because the numbers are low as it is. We want to get these kids involved. And I think it's going to need to have some of the judges change. And that's too bad. Yeah, I think that, as I said, there's going to be a lot of work needed within the juniors judging cadre. Absolutely. Another thought for you, and this was, as I said, I've initiated this discussion multiple times in the last couple of weeks. The one person that made what I thought was conceivably the most interesting point. She said, you know, you've got these kids coming in with their All-American or their canine partner dog, and it seems like it might be the height of elitist attitude to say, oh, here, now you really need to get a purebred dog so you can have a good dog. (laughs) You know, I thought that was really valid. I'm like, okay, check myself at the door. So what is your thought about that? How do you feel about that with your kids that you work with? I think coming across with a comment like that, if an adult comes to a 4-H'er or a youth that has an All-American that says that, I think that's going to be pretty hurtful to the kids because this Mm -hmm. dog is their dog. In 4-H, it's their responsibility to be getting up in the middle of the night. It's not mom and dad. So these kids have a phenomenal bond with their dogs. So I think... Having an adult come up to them and say, oh, now you can get a real dog right. to compete, I think that's pretty hurtful. I will say I have a couple 4-H'ers, one that I can think of that has aged out that had a Spaniel-ish that is a phenomenal handler with an All-American. And she would have blown the socks off any purebred dog handler because of the bond she had with her dog. And she just always had that kind of picture that you're looking at when you look down Mm -hmm. the lineup she stood out her dog was meticulously groomed I think that would be hurtful if an adult said now you can get a real dog 
because, you know, the family might not be able to have two dogs in their household. Mm-hmm. They might have an allergy. I mean, there's so many different things, but I think having an adult go to these 4-Hers and say, hey, you know what? I see that you have some stray hairs around the ears. Let me show you how to smooth that out. Give them grooming tips. And you know what? If in a year and a half down the road, if they absolutely fall in love with whatever breed this person has, then you know what? That's when they can come out and say, hey, you know what? I'd really like to talk about a puppy or mm-hmm. do you have a retired dog or something like that? I think just assuming that they need a purebred dog to compete, I think it might be true, unfortunately, because it's once again, it's that judge's opinion that day. It's not right. It's absolutely not right. But I think watching comments like that with these kids who they've done so much with their dogs, they don't go to the handler's house on the weekend. They don't just see them once a weekend. They're living with them full time in their house. These dogs are on their beds. They take them home every night. They're part of the family, I think, more than some of these other juniors' dogs. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so very much for talking on a touchy topic. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to kind of give a couple plugs because I think it's the future of the sport. Up here in New England at the Thanksgiving cluster, they have a juniors day. And I definitely wanted to mention that the kennel clubs that do the Thanksgiving cluster, Springfield Kennel Club, Holyoke Kennel Club, they are there and they allow the space for the juniors events to go on. So last year, They had a rally trial just for the 4-Hers where these kids can come and get their first rally leg. So I think that's a huge thing. They also have jackets for juniors Mm -hmm. where the kids can get brand new. I took their idea and ran the program out here for five or six years. So it's a great idea that Mm -hmm. these kids can get new show outfits for absolutely free, for absolutely free. Yep. I did it for years. My entire house, I had a whole room that was overtaken by absolutely hanging clothes. The New England 4-H dog program, Queensboro Kennel Club, actually gave us a big donation to buy a brand new A-frame for the New England dog program. So we have a complete AKC agility course that these kids can use. Also, the AKC professional handlers, they put on the juniors clinic. And without them, these kids would not get the input from professional handlers. And I think that's huge. I'm so thankful that these kennel clubs and these organizations, that they give their time for these juniors. Events like this where the 4-Hers can come, they have their own showmanship class, they have a workshop, they have hands-on professional handlers. I think that's one way to get more youth involved. They bring their All-Americans and they have a great time and it gives them some insight of the purebred dog world. So hopefully with these programs that these kennel clubs and the professional handlers are doing is taking that edge off so they aren't going to be so intimidated to walk in that show ring with an All-American. Right. Excellent. Well, and I love that. And I think that all the things that we can do, it's part of what Pure Dog Talk is about, is getting more people interested, more breeders, more exhibitors, more knowledge. Mm When you know better, you do better. I mean, Absolutely. I can be a better handler if I, with whatever dog I have, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I have the opportunity to learn more. Correct. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate your time on a cold, snowy New Hampshire Sunday morning. <laughs> You're very welcome. And thank you for inviting me. I truly appreciate it. 
As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk. 